How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Valley Vibes Behind the Blue Sox. I'm your host, David Azer, alongside Nick Freitas. Nick, how we doing? Doing great. Week one's in the books. Yeah, a pretty solid week of games. And once again, we are joined by our play-by-play announcer, Mr. Andrew White. Andrew, how's it going after the first week of games is under your belt? Oh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, some really good baseball being played and it's been a really good time. Yeah, it's been great. I had the pleasure of hopping on a couple of those calls with you at home, which was really cool. And uh, yeah, so we are going to, we have six games. The Blue Sox are sitting at a three and three record right now. And we're just going to look at all these games from the past week or so. So if we want to get started, and we are on June 7th, and that was the first game of the season away versus the North Adams Steeplecats. Yeah, and I mean, that was a really close game all around, and it all just came down to one of the most bizarre first innings I've really ever seen watching a baseball game, so... I mean, aside from that inning, they played him relatively evenly, but, you know, just the catcher Correa throwing it off the batter's helmet on a steal attempt to third, scoring two is just just one of the more random things that could have happened to start the season. Yeah, watching that live on the broadcast was, I was like, what on earth just happened? Like, I don't think I've ever seen that in a game before in my life. Um, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. The Blue Sox lost 6-4 to four in this contest, but close game throughout, but this kind of first run, or four runs allowed in the first inning kind of, you know, locked it up before it even really got going there. Yeah, and we're definitely Kreutzmann began his just tear, and we'll get into it more, but he went two for four, two runs, scored half of the runs an RBI and had just an electric triple and it's just a bright spot in that game no one else really hit the ball too well two for four from Gale but you know it's just he's been one of the most the biggest surprises of the season but you know we'll get into him more as we go on go along. Arrigo also had a pretty good game two scoreless innings towards the end. Yeah the bullpen throughout these six games has been pretty locked down which I don't know if I was fully thinking about it when the season was getting underway. We were we were really excited for the offense, and we did touch on some people pitching-wise, but the bullpen throughout has been phenomenal in these first six games. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, aside from just a couple guys getting knocked around, they're really close to being a one-loss team right now, you know, in game two, which I guess I can move into now, it was just a pitcher's duel. Colano just dealt against Babishak for the Bristol Blues, and it was a one nothing game. And then, you know, like I said, the touchdown by the Blues in the seventh inning when Diaz was in there, that just decides the game. And, you know, it is what it is. But aside from that, Cameron came out with 2.1 innings of no-hit ball. So, I mean, you really can't complain. Aside from a couple innings. Yeah, absolutely. Colano, five innings, only one hit, five strikeouts as well. I, I'm i assuming he was going to start either tonight or tomorrow for the Blue Sox again for his second game. Of course, um, tonight's game is rained out versus the Upper Valley Nighthawks, which we'll get into later as well. But 
Kalano, very exciting out of the gate, out of Salve Regina. And this was one of those guys, along with Jason Arrigo, who we were really excited to see because they had great stats at Salve Regina. And to see it translating well in these first few games in the NECBL is really encouraging. Yeah, and even these guys at the Division Three level just coming in and really working these Power 5 batters like the Sharks yesterday. It was uh, Arrigo, again, just played really good. Or not Arrigo, excuse me. It was neither of them. Wow. All these games are already blending together. That's the beauty <laughs> of this. There's so many games that they just seem to all just mesh together. Yeah. Ago, or Sunday against them the first time. Yeah, Arrigo came in in relief versus the Sharks in a game that was sort of already kind of lost 11 to 4 they ended up losing we'll get to that a bit later but june 9th the real pitchers duel versus the ocean state waves was really incredible throughout yeah sean scanlon four innings of no hit ball and they take the ball out of his hand as he also hits he hit the night before and actually ended up hitting the day after as well but then Yegich came in and mows down seven guys. He gives up two hits, the only two hits of the entire game, and then brings Widinger in to get the save. So that was probably the most complete pitching performance that we've seen so far. There's been a lot of complete pitching performances, but that one was just complete and utter domination. That game truly told the story of the bullpen this season. You got two guys coming out of the bullpen just shutting the Ocean State waves down. At the stadium, it was crazy. It was our first home win. It was just a good time. Yeah, the atmosphere was incredible. The team was incredible. Pitching-wise on, yeah, we just said, I mean, Yagish out of the pen and then Widinger to close the door was just awesome. Awesome to be able to see and see kind of the culmination of all the work that these guys have put in and kind of meshing together really quickly as well. I mean, earning themselves three wins out of six games without really knowing each other much beforehand is really incredible. And I think it speaks to head coach Pedro Santiago and being able to kind of work with these guys really well, even in the early going. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's not an easy task. These guys all came in, you know, just over a week ago it's more than that now, but like just to get them to mess so quickly and be playing games just a few days after they actually arrive in Holyoke, it's it's honestly really impressive. So I think it's only going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there. And we've also seen that coming off those two losses in the first two games, they were 0-2, really needed a win versus the Waves. And Coach Santiago was not afraid to sort of mix up the lineup there. I think that was the first game where we saw Matt Bergevin go from first base to right field, which we've seen he's been playing very well defensively in right field as well. Something from a big dude that you probably wouldn't necessarily expect. And he's not afraid to steal bases either. He's actually got a hit and at least one hit in every single game so far. And he was, responsible for driving in that sole run in that one nothing victory. He went two for four on the day. So, you know, his bat's just been cooking all season. Him and Kreutzman, the one-two punches, we'll get into it. Kreutzman now moves into the four spot in the lineup right behind Bergeron. So it, those two guys were responsible for big stuff last night, and 
you know, bigger stuff throughout the season so far. Yeah, Bergevin also drove in the only RBI that game. The Blue Sox strung a little rally in the third inning, and Bergevin was able to knock him in. Yeah, that that would be all she wrote, just a one nothing contest versus the Waves. And if we want to get into the next victory, which made it two in a row, and that was June 10th versus the North Shore Navigators. And we had Leo Harris start this game, who was pretty solid out of the gates for the Blue Sox. Yeah, he put together a pretty good performance. Uh, probably would have pitched longer, but his pitch count got pretty high up there after three. I think it was in the mid-60s. He walked a bunch of guys. It's, that's The one problem so far with the Blue Sox is that I believe they're leading the lead league in walks issued. So, you know, something they got to kind of keep in track, keep in check. He walked five, and but luckily he had two guys come in with more stellar bullpen performances. And Terry Murray, who picks up the W in that game with two innings of no run, four hit ball, and then another seven strikeout performance by this time Harrison DeRoe. So back to back games with guys who had seven strikeouts. And this was a game we finally saw the bats kind of come alive. Yeah, for sure. And back to the back to the pitching side, just for a quick second here. DeRoe, like you said, and Yagish the night before, just to see these guys come out, strike out six, seven-plus guys is so incredible to have at the back end of your bullpen, being able to attack these guys, not even give them a chance to get on and kind of take any sense of you know, chance that they can come back in these games is truly special to have this early. Yeah, anytime you can roll out three pitchers and the game's over, you really can't complain. Like against North Shore, they they threw out five guys in that one. So they had a much bigger pitching rotation, don't get me wrong. But it's even more, when you have a shorter rotation, you kind of have to you know, put their faith into these guys and you know, they're doing so well so far, so you just got to hope they can keep it up. Right. And I think looking at the offensive side here, Kreutzman with another couple RBIs here as well, an RBI single in this game, and Bergevin kept producing as well. So that middle of the lineup is has really been the killer for these opposing teams. And a lot of other guys have been able to get on base as well. Will Gale has been playing pretty well. I know he had a a uh, bunt single in one of the games. I believe it might have been the Waves or um, the Blues there. But, yeah, this lineup from top to bottom is is pretty solid so far, just in the first six games, but encouraging to see guys producing sort of all around the lineup. Elliot Dixon yeah, in that leadoff spot as well had two hits that night. He played really well at second base. Defense was showing out. We had no errors against the Navigators. It was truly a great game. Yeah, really solid from start to finish, and that ended in a 5-1 to one victory for the Blue Sox. And finishing out the homestand here, the Blue Sox played the Martha's Vineyard Charts, the 2022 NECBL champions, on Sunday, June 11th. Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. They never really felt like they were in it. Uh, Wheeler gave up six early, and... I mean, aside from the four runs in one of the more bizarre innings, just like the first game where they batted around without a single hit, seven walks and four runs. So, you know, that game, it just kind of felt out of reach. And, 
you know, it is what it is. And Arrigo played really well. He's the only reliever to not give up a run. So, I mean, there's a there's a couple bright spots in that one, but that was just relatively shut down from the Vineyard. Yeah, definitely a tough game. Seeker of Martha's Vineyard just continued his hot streak. He's been unbelievable. He had a home run yesterday's game, yeah, I believe, did. as well. He's just been crazy. Yeah, this, yeah. this Sharks team, like like we like Andrew is saying, is just star studded, top to bottom. So to be able to go into this game riding a sort of hot streak, two wins in a row, and there are some bright spots to take away from this game. The plate discipline, especially in that third inning, like like Andrew touched on, just <laughs> scoring four runs without recording a hit and batting around the entire lineup is just surreal to watch. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, and I don't think they were happy about that loss. They, Like I said, it never really felt close in that one, even though it was relatively close for a while. But then they moved into the trip to Martha's Vineyard last night, and man, was the energy just different. The, the Sharks and the Sharks fans were it was very chirp happy there. They were saying a lot of stuff from, you know, it was everyone in the crowd. And I think if you're a 50 year old guy chirping a college student, you need to get a life. I think it's just crazy to me, but you know, the bench to the, the bench, you know, chatter was honestly really funny. And you could tell the blue Sox were not happy with how they were being treated. It looked like they were just being looked past till the next game. And, you know, it was a one nothing game for or two one game for the majority of it, but that ninth inning it really got a little spicy. So, pretty interesting, and I'm just glad they took a pretty big win out of the 2022 NACBL champs. Yeah, absolutely. And coming in this game was the first Blue Sox home run of the season. C.J. Willis in the top of the fourth hit a absolute bomb to center field, 391 feet. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. The Sharks really not much offense going until the bottom of the ninth where two runners were able to score off an error. But 6-3 to three final, and the bats really came alive in this game. The bullpen was the story again. Widinger and Yagish combined for seven strikeouts, scoreless innings. It's The bullpen just shuts the door yet again. Yeah, and not, not to overlook Ben Roberts as well. Four and two-thirds, three hits, and only one run allowed. Three strikeouts as well. Pitching really has been the story of this season. As the offense starts to get going a little bit more, finding its groove. But to be able to win these one nothing games, these close games where the bullpen and the starters really lock it down, is really encouraging, especially over the sprint that this 44-game season is. Yeah, and I mean, Roberts, he didn't really get any damage done to him aside from that, you know, absolute new kit by Seeker that went over, it was like 408 or something. And that ball was gone as soon as it hit the bat. It was kind of crazy. But that CJ Willis home run in the top half of that inning was just electric because it was, it just meant so much to the team because they finally saw one get out. It's their first home run of the season. So, you know, it's possible. Willis only came into the game one for five. It only appeared in two games prior. So you know, if you can get that production from the guys who aren't playing day in, day out, and Elliot Dix had the night off as well, and Cirillo did well in his place. So, 
There's plenty of opportunity for these guys with a short roster. It's one of the things I find interesting is you compare like our roster to Martha's Vineyard. The Sharks have a huge roster. You can only play nine guys. We only have about 14, 15 eligible hitters day in and day out. So that's going to give a lot of opportunity for all of these guys. Guys like Bergman, who's running a however many games we played hit streak, a six-game hit streak to start the season, is going to be able to get those reps where he may not get it at other places. So that's what you just see when these guys get hot. Kreutzman again, three RBIs on a base-clearing double in the top of the ninth, and that one just kind of locked the door on that one. So just if we can get these bats hot, get runs across when we're on. We've had no issues getting runners on. It's been getting them home. Like We could be winning a lot of games this season. Yeah, and the hot streak continues for Bergevin. He's actually top five in the whole entire league, any CBL and batting average, and Kreutzman is top ten. The Blue Sox just need to continue this hot streak. Yeah, I also want to touch on real quick is the infield has been very kind of fluctuating throughout the season. Santiago has been able to kind of mix and match guys however he sees fit. Last night we saw Matt Garcia getting the start at shortstop and he produced two hits, which was really encouraging. He was sort of struggling out of the gate early. Now his average is is up in the uh to 2.14. So Getting, getting that confidence early is, is just huge for these guys, especially like you said, Andrew. These guys are going to be playing a lot. There's not, there's not that many position guys that, that can be you know, in the lineup every day. So it's going to be a lot of the same guys, and that allows these hot hands to keep going. Yeah, like Kreutzman tied for the league lead in RBIs now. That three RBI double is you know, puts him up there with that. So it's all going to be who's hot, especially in the infield, because the outfield is is relatively short. So it's it's most likely going to be Gale, uh, Kritzman, and, and most likely now Bergevin, if the infield can continue to hit. We might see Saylor, you know, check back into the lineup from time to time. He's kind of struggled out of the gate. Plenty of time for him to get hot as well. But, you know, Guys like Garcia and Pierantoni are now going to be battling for that starting spot at short. And, you know, both of them have their fair share of errors. Garcia could have easily ended the game on a routine ground ball in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, but he just missed it. So relatively bizarre, but, the, you know, those two hits make up for it. Right. And kind of going off of that, this Blue Sox team has gotten three wins, and that is without arguably their top player, A.J. Guerrero, an all-star last year with the team. And, Andrew, how do you, how do you think he'll sort of fit into this lineup when, when he gets here? He's probably, I mean, there's no argument to whether or not he's going to be in the lineup. He will be in the lineup as soon as he gets here, as soon as he is eligible to play and, and ready to play. I don't think he was going to play tonight. I want to say he may have arrived here, though. So he might be eligible to go against Maine tomorrow, but... You know, he's just one of those electric hit hitters. And you might see Bergevin move back into the infield. And you're going to see Kreutzman go back over to right because Guerrero is an incredible left fielder. He's going to have no problem there. Can't complain with Gale in center either. He's making diving plays left and right. And then you can't take Bergevin or Kreutzman out of the lineup right now. That's That's all you can say. Andrew, I have to ask. 
that trip to the vineyard is just a long one for the players and it's definitely draining. Uh, I wanted to know, I know you traveled with the team yesterday uh, to broadcast the game. I just wanted to see your thoughts on the travel and if it took a toll on you broadcasting. I mean, it was it was definitely a long day, but it, it could have been a lot worse. So, I mean, we took, you know, the bus ride was probably like two and a half hours to Falmouth and then, you know, a little 45-minute uh, shuttle, not shuttle, ferry, excuse me, over to the island. And then from there, I mean, it was relatively routine. On the way back was very interesting. Uh, we missed the last ferry, so we got to enjoy the Patriot which is just a relatively small tugboat kind of deal. So, but it got, it got us there faster than the ferry, but it was quite a bumpy ride. I heard from the vineyard broadcaster that, you know, when the water's a lot uh, when the water's more choppy, it can really take a toll on the players and get people seasick. Luckily, no one had any problems with that. It was a beautiful night in the vineyard and I mean, we got back at I believe around 1 115 and I guess fortunately we get a free day off now, but we were about to be right back at it. It was a good time, though. I I definitely enjoyed it. Definitely sounds like a very fun adventure. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. That 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 would have been cool to see as well. Um, but now that that sort of does it for the recaps of these first six games, and now we're going to get into the segment that everyone has been waiting for, and that is the Freitas fan forecast. And we have a little little intro to play here. Freitas fan forecast. <laughs> yeah, thanks, David. So I just wanted to start off with uh, tonight's game that's been postponed. It was supposed to be Thunderbirds night. We're working on a new date for the Thunderbirds to come to McKenzie Stadium uh, to be determined. The game versus the Upper Valley Nighthawks will be postponed into a doubleheader on July 8th. It will be two seven-inning games on July 8th. Uh, time will be determined at a later date. On Friday, we have the Danbury Westerners rolling into town. That will be Western Mass Hall of Fame night, and we will be raffling some pretty cool Trey Mancini merch along with our Western Mass Hall of Fame banner. The Trey Mancini merch, I've actually seen it. It's actually pretty cool. I would recommend stopping by and checking it out. And Sunday will be our Father's Day game, again, versus the Danbury Westerners. A little home-and-home home with Keen, uh, the Swamp Bats, correct, is in between on Saturday. Uh, on Sunday, we'll be raffling three dad items, and we'll be sure to get some of the dads on the field for the in-game promos, uh, doing some games with their kids. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun time at McKenzie Stadium. Andrew, what are we looking for in these in these next few games? We're going to look for just to see if the bats can continue to put runs across. We're near the bottom of the league in runs scored, so it's something's got to change pretty soon because you know, I think it's a matter of time before one of these pitchers can have a bad night. The fact that everyone's having such a good night except for you know, maybe three performances through the first six games, just by individual guys, the bats have to start, you know, coming together. And we saw that in the bottom of the ninth, got three guys on, drove them all home in one hit. So, you know, that's what I'm going to be most excited for. We're going to see what Bergevin and Crutzman can both do together. They're going to stay in that three and four. And then when AJ Guerrero gets here, we could be looking at an, at an entire new offense. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to see how it shapes out as the Blue Sox prepare for their next game, which will be tomorrow night, away versus the Sanford Mainers. And then we have the Westerners at home on the 16th. The 17th is away, like Nick said, versus the Keene Swamp Bats. And then finishing out the weekend, the 18th, Father's Day, versus the Danbury Westerners again. So a lot of exciting games. A lot of, lot of good signs early on from this team. And is there anything else we want to add? or Just kind of looking ahead at next episode, uh, very excited. We are going to have one of the players on. I won't spoil who it is, but just very excited for next episode and the opportunity to get to kind of get more inside the Blue Sox locker room. Yeah, and without without saying a name, one of the biggest personalities on and off the field Very excited to get that one going. So stay tuned for that. And thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys next time.